0: Testing, testing. How you doing? Oh, I can't hear you at all now. Now he's just drunk. Fucking drunk. And- but if everything is connected, where you see the microphone versus mute, there's like select a microphone. You might just have to select the different uh, microphone they have plugged in. So in the zoom window there's also a mute
1: button on the fucking yeti so if it's i think if it's flashing red it's muted
0: let's see it hold it up to us we can't hear you so no (laughs) we can't talk tilt the laptop screen down so yeah there we go okay now let's see the yeti
2: (laughs) yeah it's muted
0: It's muted. There
2: you go. go. Why would I feel like a full red light means it's activated? A blinking light means it's not, but what do I know?
1: Yeah, you get. I don't. The worst part is this fucking stupid Scarlet system to run this mic doesn't have a fucking mute button on it or like a cough button, which is so stupid. Mm, I don't. I literally don't understand it. Like the Yeti is so much better when you can just
0: whack it and not. Yeah. yeah although you can Aww. hear that shit every time you do it
1: true that's fair but now you hear me click the fucking mute button like an idiot on zoom
0: yeah get like a stream deck or something and you can program it to be like yeah. uh, a mute or unmute and you just like click click
1: click yeah but now there's a fucking million other buttons i gotta learn I'm such an amateur <laughs> Fuck,
2: right. that's what we gotta you get Peter on all yeah, right. do we have do we have anything we're talking about specifically, or
1: no, dude? We're just hanging out,
2: shooting Not the shit. Done. We should get a beer. Grab a beer, bro. Fuck, yeah, grab I me a beer. A, I got a scotch, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, so you should start it shotgunning. Actually, <laughs> just
1: that'd open be it really right funny. up. With, yeah, like right on the fucking mic. Just suck them right back. Just
0: have you guys watched oh, and... like the one of the recent Joe Rogan experiences, like uh. Feed the parks or something. It's called. Oh, yeah. it's save like our parks. Shab- yeah, 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 our yeah. Park. Oh my god, Ari, got, so, Ari, Shakespeare got it's so yeah. bombed, man. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like 14 <laughs> 15 beers. Like, yeah. Holy shit!
1: All right, I'm gonna grab a beer. Then you sick fucks.
2: I can do. I can do a scotch. I got scotch here somewhere.
0: I'm fasting. Fuck both y'all. What could do this to me? I'm gonna hit a toe.
1: How's that? It's alive! All right. Uh, oh my god, that fucking fig tree is looking good in the back there.
2: Uh, I think it's an olive tree.
1: Okay, well let's go no, fuck no, myself. No, sorry,
2: that one is a fig tree. Right
1: it, it is a fucking fig tree. Don't lie to me about your fig trees,
0: sick bastard. I will not have any of that on here. Did you get a beer? I got a beer. What kind of beer did you get?
1: I have a Michelob Ultra because I'm gay.
0: I haven't had a beer this whole month. No.
1: Yo, I was totally on the path to uh, fucking coming down to 185. And then we went to our hunt camp and did a couple of things. And now I'm like fucking right back to 196. That piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit.
0: Yeah, you are. You suck. Mine's coming along, but it's just interesting this time around, bro.
1: Having a harder time. It's slow. Yeah, it's like slow.
0: right now my average for four weeks so far is one point seven pounds, so about a half a pound a a week. If I look at my highs and lowest; it's like two hundred to like one ninety six point six, so like three and a half to four pounds yeah. but uh it's just not very consistent i know i'm doing a lot of fasting and fucky things and working out and just not working out and stuff but it's just uh heh. i want to lose it faster i'm just like fuck well get a rower i want to put this fat on ever again i like, just fucking keep it off forever <laughs> i know it's
1: fucking gay dude <laughs> it's, so it's so annoying
0: gay. it's just like okay get lean and then just fucking enjoy shit but fucking i just say like roar after fucking you just gotta
2: keep burning burn, getting it. Af-
0: getting burn out it. it get it the fuck out of here but i know
2: it's brothers <laughs> t- t- are good i love the assault bike though like i the think assault bike,
1: three three seconds on that bitch buddy.
2: fucks give, your whole body up
1: give me 15 seconds of a sprint and you're just gassed for like <laughs> yeah. the entire day fuck yeah. all right let's get this fucking podcast started cool yeah we're good. ready
0: about it you guys have a good time All right, we're gonna have a good time. All right, Aaron,
2: what's going on, buddy?
1: (laughs) All right, let's get this shit started. Welcome back to Miked Up Millionaires. The last episode, we had Corey McKinnon on. We were talking about real estate. We were talking about business. We were talking about family stuff. We were talking about how do you actually do it all and have it all. This podcast, oh shit, this bottle didn't even make a cool sound. This podcast, we're having beers and hanging out and it's gonna be uh, a lighthearted exploration. Aaron Laycock's on the microphone on the other end here and we're gonna just chat, man. Aaron. Yeah buddy, we've hung out a few times, but I legit don't know anything about you.
2: Oh, that's not true. I, I will say though, I am your your beard and mustache makes me regret shaving mine. I, I wish I just kept growing, but shaving.
1: Hey, we all have our regrets. I know something. I I don't regret growing this beard or mustache. I'll tell you that for free. Although sometimes like there's some, there are some drawbacks to having a beard and mustache like this. Like if you go around trimming it, like your sink is just fucked, right? Like yeah. the vanity will never be the same shower, terrible hair everywhere. Um, yeah. Drinking anything, right. Eating literally anything. That's a problem. Yeah, just
2: constantly. Constantly. Moving it out of the way. And
1: well, and it looks like shit to too. Off. You get some yeah. Guinness oh, or something yeah. in there. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, but it's it's a look that comes distinguished with being able to grow it, right? Like it's as disgusting as it gets. Only a certain select, you know, amount of people can have that ability to look that disgusting while drinking. So
1: true, true. That is true. I uh, I found it's been an exceptional networking tool, which is something I actually didn't uh, plan on. Right? Like yeah. I got my Rolex collection, and I got you know even the Tesla was like. The purpose of it was to network with people and to actually have better conversations. Turns out the beard will do anything you want, right? If you if you want to get in that room, even more so though. The mustache. Actually, you're yeah. right. The mustache, if it's a uh, a male crowd, if it's a mixed crowd, the beard's fine. The mustache gets the male crowd going, right? Yeah. The guys are like, dude, yeah. what the fuck? And and I'm like, patience. It's all about patience. So uh it's that
2: awkward <laughs> phase of you first got to get like, if you start from a clean shave, like you got to get through just like the the grossness of it. And then it hits like an okay phase. And then there's like a second phase of like, I need to like, this is the shit's disgusting. I got to get rid of it. And then if you can last it, then you can start to shape it. And then it just, it goes from there.
1: Well, and I can really curl this baddie, but today it's, it's fucking acting up. The one ends, I don't know what's up. The one side just refuses to curl up today. Yeah.
2: But mine would naturally shot. curl on the one side and curl down on the other side and it took a whole lot of just yeah. force playing with it to get it back yeah. up there yeah you got a mustache wax or something going on there
1: yeah i like to use a um a mustache it's kind of like a glue almost like it it looks like uh it looks like fucking elmer's glue almost like those glue sticks like it's kind of gross it. Uh, but you get, get that right in there, twirl it around. And yep. I think ideally you would use a hair dryer and one of those like circular combs, but I, I don't have that going on for me. So I, I just twist it, man. And, and yeah, it's actually weird today that it refuses to stay up in the twist. It, I think it's just, um, I need to just shower and maybe like, boom, brush it out real quick and it'll, it'll curl just restart it Just
2: a hard restart to it. Let like. restart. start. Sorry, don't right. go. So Aaron, where are you from? Grew up in London, man. Grew up in London. Shit. Yeah. East
1: end there. East end. Hey, that's yeah. my jam. Bought my first right, house. Like in the East end. Yeah. Part of bird Crescent, which is uh, Highbury and Oxford, which is very close to Clark. Oh, Road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's wicked. So now you're into mortgages. Yeah. You've been yeah. rolling deep, uh, with the Finley mortgage team, which is wicked. What got you into mortgages?
2: it's a good question man um honestly really just like kind of a fluke um you know I went to school for kinesiology like both Josh and I like neither of us really had any path that was starting out to kind of get into anything finance related or real estate related um know, I took kinesiology thought I wanted to train professional athletes realized that I didn't um And then was just kind of debating on whether I wanted to, you know, pursue something sciencey or medically was kind of where I was going. Um, And then I just looked at, you know, like six, seven, eight years to take med school and specialize in something. If that was a path I was even going to consider or even chiropractor, you know, all those medicals, they're all seven, seven years of schooling. I was just like, you know, like how much money am I going to spend? How long till I come out making anything? closely to where I want to be making. And then, you know, is there anything else out there that I could kind of jump into and immediately start making, you know, a level of money that I wanted to be, to be making And um, Our other business partner, Scott, Josh's uncle, um, you know, basically talked to both of us when we were kind of just kind of stuck and was like, you know, if you're looking for something where you have, you know, unlimited potential with mortgages, you can sit at home in your PJs and you, know, you can make a comfortable 60 to $70,000 a year or you can, you know, dive in, bust your ass and make, you know, as much money as you want. And, um, what I have an uncle out in BC who was a realtor and it, you know, I talked to him a little bit before and real estate had always kind of piqued my interest, but I never really thought of pursuing something into there and then shadowed our business partner. And, you know, honestly, like mortgages itself has been one of the biggest learning experiences of my life for sure. Um, just in terms of financing, Learning about how to keep your finances under control. Learning about credit, what goes into credit, how to build a credit score, and then just you know being able to to be able to buy a property and feel comfortable with the mortgage process. For so many people out there that we deal with, aside from the investors and even some of the investors, just the mortgage process has become such a there's just such a big dark looming cloud. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of people are scared to talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. They know what comes from talking about mortgages and, and applying for a mortgage. You got to dive into the finances. Um, you know, for some of those who are buying a property for the first time with their spouse, you know, it might be an uncomfortable conversation if you got, you know, maybe you got a five fifty or your spouse has got a five fifty and you're in the eights and it's something that you've never talked about. I mean, finances is already such a avoided conversation. You know, how I many couples get in together and get married and have never had a conversation about finance and never like don't know whether whether couples or their partners' credit score or what their finances are like, and all of a sudden you're buying a house and you know, you think you're going to go in and get it done on the bank, but you got this bankruptcy or something that no one knew about and you're stuck on a private or So it's just, you know, it really opened it up and got me just so much more comfortable having those conversations. And it also really showed me what, what it's like out there for everyone else, like, you know, where the world is sitting right now, or at least in in Canada um, on the financial scale. And it's just, you know, it really does um, you can really see that for a lot of individuals, you know, financial literacy was just never something that was talked about, was never something prominent in their life. And, uh, you know, having conversations with people, asking them basic questions like, hey, like I need a T4 or I need a, a T1 general. And they just have no idea where to get it from. And it's just, you know, people are just so out of touch. And it's been, uh, it's been an eye-opening experience for sure. I've Learned a lot, more than I've learned in university, college, and high school, definitely.
1: Yeah, I was just talking about that with Corey on a previous episode, like, you know, I have this degree in international business management, but like, what the fuck is a T4, right? What's a T1 general? Uh, What is, uh, oh, and like, I didn't do this, but a great example that I've heard way too many times is like, oh, oh, you mean like that bill from Bell that you just decided you weren't gonna pay, like that went to collections and like that, that actually had an effect. Like, I, I didn't do that, but I know I know handfuls of people that like okay. just said, fuck Rogers, fuck Bell. I'm not paying that bill. Stick it to the man, baby. And then they're in collections and their credit score is fucking 600 or 500. And you're like, oh my God, dude, you're, you're never going to get anything. Yeah, you can yeah. have a car, but at 8% interest, yeah. right? You, you can have a house for sure, but at 5, 6, 7, 10% interest, right? And, and I think it is really unfortunate that nobody... Well, I think one of the most unfortunate things is the thing that you're touching on right now, which is like people just don't want to talk about money. And it's like, I feel like this is the same type of uh, problem of like, you know, when fat people don't want to talk about being fat. Right. Like when you're not allowed to body shame people, like if I'm not allowed to tell my best friend, hey, bro, you're getting fucking fat. It's time to hit the gym right? It's time yeah. to fucking smarten up. Like maybe you should sleep a little more, eat a little less, drink less, and and maybe, you know, start walking. Like uh, let's take some steps in the right direction. But if Definitely. you're never allowed to say that, it, like, how are we ever supposed to put a plan together to improve? And then if we can't improve, we're probably like, I am of the opinion that anything that's not improving is probably decaying, right? I, I think yeah. very few things stay static. And so <clears throat> if something's in a constant state of decay, unless you're working on improving it, like, well, don't you think we should spotlight that fucking thing and actually talk about it? Like, that's what gets me going. Like, I think finances, fitness, uh, health, relationships, family, all that stuff should be on the table. And that's where I've been getting a little freaked out, right, with like cancel culture and uh, some of like the toxic shit I'm seeing in the last couple of years. Cause like, if you guys can't talk about money, like money is the number one thing you guys do anything for, right? Like most people are spending uh, a significant portion of their life. Let's, let's just argue on a simple clock, 30% of their life, right? If, if they're working eight hour days, if there's only 24 yeah. hours in a day, that's 30, yeah. 33% of the day. Right. Yeah. So you spend a third of your life doing something for a thing that you can't talk about. Like that's fucking crazy to me. And, yeah. uh, and I think that that's I mean, you look at the average retirement. The start. Age. I mean,
2: people are hiring it oh, yeah. in their sixties, mid sixties. I mean, you know, uh, like for my dad and my parents, like my dad just turned 70 and my mom's 65 and they're still working. And I think there's something a little bit different in that I, I think my dad's just going to work forever. Like he doesn't really know how to really stop working. He's always going to have something to do, but you know, I, I know they're not necessarily in a position to sit down, retire and not have to worry about money again. And it's just, yeah. you know, for the simple fact of, you know, do you want to spend up until your seventies working? And then what, you know, there's that meme that was going around for a while and it's, a picture of an old uh, couple on like one of those little, um, I forget what they call those little boats in Italy. They got the guy in the back and he's pushing it. And it's like, why well, you don't wait till you're 70 to retire because you're fast asleep on the boat. That's like, you don't have the same energy. You don't have the same ability to enjoy your time off when you're 70 versus hustling, making as much money as you can try and retire by, you know, at least before 40 is a, is, a, is a good goal. I think where a lot of people are at that, you know, I talked to you and still having, a decent amount of your life, more, more than half of your life to be able to enjoy it and have the energy to be able to enjoy it, man. And I think that's really more about, you know, the importance of, of getting to that point earlier is having the ability to enjoy it, not just being alive and being able to take the vacations, but you know, being young enough to actually enjoy it and do stuff. You, know? you want to go climb mountains, you want to experience it. You want to be sleeping half your time on, on vacation. You want to be doing something active.
1: Bro, my back's already getting sore. You know what I mean? Like some days you wake up, you're like, what the fuck? Why, why did these things hurt? These things never used to hurt. Right. We just built, uh, so I bought a hundred acres with, uh, it's like surrounded by 3000 plus acres of crown land. And, uh, you know, just started putting, built the foundation and floors the other day. Uh, but it's in this like crazy location, like it's in the middle of absolute nowhere. So there's no way to get the lumber there. So it was a very shitty process, uh, physical process uh, in terms of getting all the lumber, like loaded onto our, my enclosed trailer, getting it out to the property, getting it onto ATVs and onto the trailers and stuff. And like the trailers flipping and doing all sorts of shit in the mud. And like, man, I'm sore. I'm sore after that. Like I'm physically beat up a little bit. And I'm like, I just can't imagine. And I was saying this to some of the guys that are uh, out there with me, my hunting buddies. And I was just saying like, this is why we're building this now. Like we're building this now because it's going to really, really suck if we were trying to do this when we were 60, right? Or 50. And it's like, I don't think you can wait for those things. I think you have to just grab life by by the reins and just take it, right? Like- how I honestly don't understand the format of like waiting until you're 50, 60, 70, 80 to do the things that you actually love doing. Like, I think at all expense, you should try and accomplish what needs to get done in order to hit some of those goals. Now, um, traveling is a great example. So I think the thing you're talking about is a, uh, Um, you know, that the meme is an older couple in Venice. Right. And they're in that, yeah, like a
2: gondola or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And they're just fucking dead asleep and you're like, oh man. And like, that could be a one-off, but it's probably not (laughs) like, well, well, it's like at that
2: point too, the average person, like how much are you retiring with? How much is that vacation cost of your retirement? Right. Like the average person definitely isn't retiring with enough money to be able to not think about taking their vacation, not having to worry about the cost. Right. They're still pricing it out. How much is that going to be of your retirement fund for you to not even you know be away for half a year or third of it, whatever? But I do think one of the hundred percent of it.
1: I think one of the cool things that is going on, and and there's obvious issues with how attached we are now to technology and with you know devices and stuff like that. And I think probably more people are addicted to like the social medias and things like that than they should be. But one of the really cool things is that we can remotely work from anywhere in the world. Yep. and, uh, and, and, you know, get shit done and have fun at the same time. And, and, you know, if, if you're able to work anywhere, then probably you can work like, you know, with anyone, right. Which means you can travel with your family or with your friends and still work at the same time, or, um, you know, just take advantage of some of that mobility that's available to us. And I think that's just brilliant. Like Matt, um, uh, Matt McKeever at his, uh, big property there, has a um has starlink there right so like where he purchased his property is like an area that like you barely get even cell service and you sh- you certainly aren't getting fucking high-speed internet um but starlink now Link set up there but now you just pay 150 bucks a month and you got starlink fucking beaming like it's basically fiber optic type speed from the freaking sky into your cottage in the middle of goddamn nowhere and you That's can awesome. just be online, right? You can, you can take care of business like that. And for an additional $10 a month, you can take the Starlink dish and mount it to like your truck or wherever and take it anywhere. Right. And now you've got high speed internet everywhere on the go. And so I think that's some of the really cool things uh, that (laughs) I'm looking forward to in the future is like, I, I wonder just you know, decentralization, leveraging like the blockchain, leveraging, uh, cryptocurrencies, leveraging some of these opportunities to really, uh, be able to live our lives on a, on a more international scale, uh, with more mobility. And I I really am fascinated by this concept of being like a digital nomad. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, it's an interesting concept, especially after that Rogers outage, um, you know, we were in Alberta when it happened on the Friday. So, you know, we were trying to do a little bit of work, no cell phone service. Okay. So we go into the coffee shop that morning, try to buy a coffee. You, know, you can't purchase with debit or credit because the point of sale isn't working. So the guy goes, okay, go around the corner. There's a little ATM. You can pull it from cash. So we go around the corner. It's just this one-off BMO um, ATM and put my TD card in, loading, 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 loading nothing. Can't, can't connect to, to TDs. You can't even pull money out. So no GPS on our, on our phones, because we can't connect that way. We're in Calgary, which I have no idea really where I am in Calgary, wandering around looking for a TD building to physically go in and take out cash. And it's just like, you know, how fragile of a system are we really on, you know, for a many different things, security. I mean, I was hearing people could even call 911, couldn't take out any money. I mean, no one carries, you know, cash anymore. I mean, very few people hold on to cash. Um, you know, for me, I was curious in terms of like, what does that mean for digital currencies? If you do have something like that, and the blockchain being online, does that impact it? And I mean, it just it it just gives rise to so many different questions in terms of what that means for the future. And one of the biggest issues about me having you know a, a monopoly on internet providing services between you know Bell and, and Rogers is just like, you know, what are we really missing out on? Are there better options out there? You know, just how much does that impact a technology driven future? It's just so many questions.
1: Yeah, I, I get, uh, I get really freaked out about that stuff. And I'm just going to pull up real quick, a post I made that uh, after, after that day, um, because I think it's really important that people actually think about this stuff. And I know that you initially sound, <clears throat> it, it sounds kind of like, uh, oh, like you're crazy. You're a prepper. You're like a doomsday kind of guy. This stuff is unlikely. It'll never happen. But then you actually have something like this Rogers outage, which put literally like, and I don't know if, if the numbers exactly shake out like this, but let's just say roughly 50%, right? Of the province or, or even half the country, like out of internet service, out of security, no 911 calling, no ATMs. Um, like my business and, and your business, I assume is all run online. Oh yeah. yeah. So like, you know, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars of opportunity cost there. Um, is probably how I would look at that. And like okay. all we of lawyers that
2: couldn't close, like everything, yeah, the whole system revolves.
1: Around. And, and it's it, it is actually really hectic um to think about that stuff because like <laughs> nobody thinks it's gonna happen, and then you wake up and there's no internet. Like that morning, I was like, what the hell is going on here, and I didn't think too much about it. And then I had all my team meetings coming up that were all scheduled, and I was like, Oh shit. And one of the cool things was uh not one person on my core team missed our meetings because they all just like drove to different locations. So it turns out McDonald's is the safe Haven. If you're uh, experiencing a uh, Rogers outage. Um, And I think that that was fun. I was like, well, at least the team's super resourceful to like go and just get after it and make sure that they're not missing out on stuff. Um, Anyways, I can't find this motherfucker, but what it was was a few different things that I always have on me that I think is really important. Um, So My bag, my everyday bag, my kind of everyday carry includes like all the shit you need. So I've got a a battery bank for the cell phone. I've got a few spare uh, AA batteries, a few few spare AAA batteries. I've got a fucking very, very bright flashlight, which is um, really excellent for like basic security. Also for personal protection, like uh, nobody really understands how badly a fucking bright light messes you up in the dark. Um, so carry around a very bright flashlight with me. I actually have a map of Ontario in my, in my bag, <sighs> my laptop. It, yeah. um, I've got, uh, you know, basic personal protection in there. I've got uh, water, water purification tabs right in there. Yep. Um, I've got everything in my backpack, except shelter. And that just stays in the truck. Right. So like, having water having food having shelter having batteries having uh a gps is great if there is service so i've got that too but uh having a map like this is all stuff and like the it really just comes down to having a plan right like um i think we all recognize at this point or we should how fragile society actually is yeah like the last two years should have been very revealing for everybody how fragile this shit is like it it doesn't take much like it, like, let's just recap the last couple of years. Oh, everything's going along. It's all well. Boom, virus. We all get terrified. We hide in our houses. <laughs> Turns out the virus doesn't do absolutely anything to anybody, um, unless you're like morbidly obese or have pre existing health issues. Um, but we're still going to freak you out with like propaganda campaigns. Then all of a sudden there's protests everywhere about black lives matter. And like, you know, businesses being set on fire, crazy shit happening in the streets. What's going on there. We don't know. There was like Antifa riots. There was like the thing in uh, Portland where they just set up their own anarchist little fucking area in Portland and just like claimed that that was, that was theirs, a lawless little corner of the city. And it was allowed to happen. L.A., there's no charges now for like theft under nine hundred dollars. So there's pla- places know. being Understand broken, yeah, places being broken into without consequence for things under nine hundred dollars. Like what the fuck? Homeless situation, unbelievable in a bunch of yeah. places. Like yeah, you know now there's this crazy, this conflict in Ukraine. There's conflict. Um, where's the other place? Like Sri Lanka right now, they're just shooting yep. people. Um, yep. Holland. Nobody wants to talk about that. The farmers are all protesting because they literally took like.
2: But I heard about that the other day, hands. actually. They were Dude, spraying maneuver, like maneuver all over government buildings. Like they were dumping yeah. shit in the middle of the road.
1: Well, crazy. They're shooting farmers. So, uh, they're yeah. shooting at them. So you're like, it, okay, yeah. fragile, like is not even the beginning of the word for this stuff. And it's like, you know, it's all cool. And especially as entrepreneurs, like it's very easy to just get like in your little tunnel Right. And, 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 you know, you're thinking day in and day out. Okay. i got new files coming up. i got to pre-qualify people, right. I got to collect their paperwork. I got to put it through the system. I got to, you know, talk to the lenders. I got to whatever. And for me, it's like, you know, I got to make my offers. I got to generate leads. got to make sure the sales team's operating. Got to, you know, all these little things and all of a sudden, you know, a year goes by, but, uh, if, if we just take a step back and and look at this shit, it's a little bit creepy, man. It's very fragile. Dude, the the prime minister, uh of italy or president whatever the fuck they want to call him he just like resigned out of nowhere um uh, and well, now there's like this how about
2: richard three- just freezing td bank accounts like that's in yeah. canada, in uh,
1: canada <laughs> bro yeah. and so i'm just like oh my god uh, this shit is fragile so like you know taking 10 minutes to make sure you've got some of the basics on you all the time is a good idea uh the one thing i forgot to mention on that list too is cash like i always carry about a thousand dollars and like a thousand dollars uh, it's both a lot of cash and, and not a lot at the same time. Cause like a thousand dollars will get you out of a lot of weird situations. Like, yeah. you know, you could stay at a hotel for sure anywhere in the world for a thousand bucks. You could, you know, get transportation from somebody, right. Get a ride somewhere. You could buy something off of somebody if you really needed it. Like a thousand dollars will go a long way. And it's and it's also fairly compact if you're just carrying, you know, hundreds or whatever. It's yeah. don't and need a huge stack. It's not a
2: date. Well, I guess it depends on how you're spending it, but you could probably get a few days out of that thousand bucks if you really spent yeah. it appropriately as well, too. For sure, you're not just stuck to a day's worth of resources. Which I heard like yeah. some people didn't have service for five days from Rogers. Like I got kind of lucky. Yeah, I was back up by the end of the day, but I was talking to some clients, they didn't have for like four or five days they were out.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, I heard that as well, and that was for their home internet mostly, yeah. um, and cell phones. So you're like, well, fuck, like what? What's the plan here, guys? What are we doing? So I, I think that all of this is fascinating that it's been happening in the few years, and at the same time, and um, this is how I wrapped up the last podcast, but I think it's worth talking about again. It's just like I also see like opportunity everywhere and optimism everywhere and uh, fascinating new business ventures all over the place and. Um, you know, I see little pathways and forks opening up to do more, right? Like the blockchain is fascinating. Web3 is fascinating. Um, The ability to just like have internet everywhere around the world and and work anywhere is fascinating to me. Uh, Recessions, I find fascinating because, um, you know, fortunately we both, and I think this would be easy to say for your business as well. Like these are recession proof businesses, right? You're either entering or exiting real estate in a, in a recession and either way you're going to need um, real estate services, right? Which I would bundle us into. So like, I think some people are probably going to have to, you know, do some hard thinking about what their business is like. And, and I think the best way to do that is to think like, What are, what are the cost centers and how can we turn those into opportunities? Like, Mm -hmm. where are we losing and how can that actually be an opportunity for us? Because everybody else must be losing in, in that Avenue as well. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited, dude. Like, I think all the money is made during these periods of uncertainty and and these periods of, uh, like crazy market swings. Like this is where real opportunity is. So I'm both like on one side of things. I'm like, oh my God, we're so fucked. And on yeah. the other side of things, I'm like, this couldn't be better. <laughs> uh, so. Well, Grant Cardone I- talks
2: about it in one of his books, right? Um, like your opportunity in emergency um, type situations like this, especially over the pandemic, you know, your, your competition is much less than what it was in an opportune market, right? Like everyone is active when the market is hot, but when the market is cooling and people are sitting back and people are you know, trying to make decisions and figure out where things are going to go and. You know they're they're finding that you know now they have the ability to make you know an excuse and, and blame it on something else um you know you have way less competition than what you did when things are good and, and i think you know that's something that josh and i took advantage of and, and our other business partner during the pandemic is you know there was a there was a about a couple of weeks where we you know took a little bit less time to work but then we just sat down and we're like okay you know we have an opportunity here now we do got to make a decision where you know we decide we're not gonna just hang out and play video games or the pandemic or we're going to put time to work and we'll come out and we'll have something to show for it. Or, you know, we'll be the guys who said, Oh, you know, I I wish we did something over that that time period. And you know, it's going to be the same thing for the investors and and any home buyer really coming into the recession as well too, where, you know, houses are down 15, 20% in some markets, maybe more in in some areas. And as much as rates are up right now, you know, you're, you're still going to have a good opportunity to buy just based on these cost adjustments and, and the normalizing of the market. And it's not healthy to have a 30%, 40% increase in market every single year you, know, you, you don't need that. Um, so, you know, it's good. You're gonna have an adjustment period and it's not gonna recover right away. You know, by the end of 2023, we're not gonna be back up to 2020, 2021 prices. It's gonna take a little bit. So, you know, if you're not ready right now, you know, get yourself in a position, try to be as liquid as you can, figure out what you need to do, make your partnerships or JVs or whatever. And, you know, be ready in the next, you know, three to six months to be able to make that, um, you're, you're going to have a few years to be able to to take advantage of it. But, you know, there are also people out there who are already liquid and are already, you know, ready to jump on stuff. So you, you you are competing, but you're definitely going to have a little bit less competition over the next little bit while the recession is, is in the middle of the swing.
1: Yeah. I think people, uh generally do the wrong thing when these recessions happen is they start really clawing back on the spending that actually matters. Like, uh, and this is what makes me happy um, again. And like something I talked about on a previous episode is like, I just know that my competitors are spending less on marketing right now. I know that they're dialing back their recruiting efforts. I know that they're spending less time training and developing their team. I know that they're spending less time thinking about the fundamentals and more time thinking about, you know, fear and uncertainty and doubt. And that's what makes me fucking excited because like, I know that if we can put our heads down, continue working, focus on the fundamentals and do what we're great at. I I just know that we're going to be successful at doing what we do. And that's just, it's just the way it is. And, uh, the cool thing is, like, the last couple of years made a lot of people very uh, cocky, right? They, it made a lot of people um, you could do a hazard, lot, right? Like, with their uh, systems and processes. Like, yeah. they spent less time building and more time uh, kind of just enjoying uh, through luck. And I think this goes back to the age old sort of talent versus skill conversation. There was a lot of talent in the last few years, right? But it's skill that wins in the long term, and skills only built. Uh, well, it's built. That's the point, right? It's built. It just doesn't just happen. Talent's what you have. Skills what you build. So, yeah. uh, I think that's what's going to separate the people in the next few years. And it'll be fun to see who's here, right? Who's still here building in six years?
2: Yeah, I mean, anyone who is in some sort of realtor or mortgage agent position or, you know, <sighs> contracting. You know, when the market takes a hit like that and really goes into a pause, you're you're going to eliminate, you know, a very bottom marginal section of, of that competition for the guys who are, you know, just making a basic living. And, you know, when they miss out on, you know, three months, you know, that, that puts out some people, you know, there's a lot of people who live right on the edge of their, of their finances and not having any income coming for, for two, three months is enough to put some people out there and, and enough to, you know, really thin out the environment. So, and I really think I look at like drawing the comparisons between the stock market and what housing, you know when Everyone starts to be buying at the same time. You know, you're you're probably not the right time to be buying, or you really want to make sure that your numbers are solid, dialed in, that you have those margins, you have those safety margins in there, and and making sure that you're you know, you've done your due diligence. And it's going to be the same as right now. You know, there's going to be a very small period, and we might already be there where the people start to sit back as the housing prices drop, and you're going to have maybe only two, three months of time to be able to be one of the until everyone then decides to to jump in and um, start making the purchases. So, you know, you got to be able to time that and make sure that you know, you're not buying at the wrong time because everyone's been sitting around saying, Hey, I'm going to wait until the end of the year, because that's going to be the best time to buy. And if you are one of those guys who are buying single family homes or duplexes and you wait till everybody jumps back into the market, you know, you've lost that advantage.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and I think that there are people that will buy at the wrong time as well. Like the quote unquote wrong time or by the top. And I think that's, uh, I think that's okay. Right. So I've got a good, uh, I got a good fail story for that, but uh, it's a fail forward story. So um, last year, fuck, I wouldn't remember when, but it was literally the very height of Bitcoin. So like Bitcoin topped out around 70,000 and I bought, a full Bitcoin at like 69,000 or something, like literally the fucking top. And if I had taken five minutes to look at any charts at all before I purchased it, or if I'd just done some of the fundamental practices that you should do in, when you're investing in anything like you know, dollar cost averaging, not being a fucking idiot, um, I, I would have gotten far better pricing and I would have ended up with a lot more I don't know if you want to call it, let's just call it shares in Bitcoin because that's the easiest mm. way to think about it, right? I would have had a lot more sats. So um, I think that's fine as long as you don't like panic, sell the bottom and then like exit the market and leave forever, right? Um, yeah. I think it's totally fine to, to make mistakes and uh, and buy the top of something, right? Or lose money on something because it, what it did for me and what how I think, a lot of people would benefit from looking at it is like, okay, I bought this thing. I took an immediate L it was like the next fucking week. It went to like 50 K. I was like, okay, that's how you burn 20 K. I understand that. Cool. But what it did for me is it actually, um, spawns sort of a, a much deeper interest in the actual fundamentals, right? Like it, it forced me to think about the tactical analysis. Now I know like now I'm watching it. Now I'm subscribed. Now I have mentorship in there. Now I'm subscribed to uh, like behind paywalls on people that are very, like a lot smarter than me uh, doing technical analysis on it and, and reading through the charts so I can better understand yeah. it. Like I got paid um, like a, it's $1,200 a year or something. Uh, as a service I love called Into the Cryptoverse. And it's, it's done by a guy named Benjamin Cohen. And uh, he, he formerly worked at NASA as a research, Uh, as a research dude and he's worked at some other space company and the dude's just a fucking genius and so his whole life is about reading charts and so I like to learn from him about Bitcoin because he just reads through Bitcoin and some other crypto stuff and uh, it absolutely got me, you know, thinking about this thing a lot more and a lot more seriously Um, I then attended conferences, right. I've attended a few conferences now and and meetups about it. I've met a lot more people in that world about it. And I get to share my story and I I wear it right on my sleeve. Hey, I bought a 69 K Bitcoin and they're all fired up about it. They love it. They're like, well, I, now you're here right now you're here. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. And I think that's the lesson to take away from it is like, and I've done the same with real estate. Like I I've lost, I've never actually lost money on a deal, but I've like broken even after, you know, doing three, four, five months of work on a project and then you break even on it and you're like, fuck, that was like kind of a a time loss, right? And there's opportunity cost there. But I think that's the thing too, is like, okay, well now we know uh, we don't buy D-class neighborhoods, right? We don't buy, you know, crack shacks and then have no security and leave your tools there because it'll get stolen, right? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean?
2: (laughs) So. If the windows are already broken when you bought it, it's not secure.
1: It's not great, no.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, Make okay. a good point. I think and I think like it, you know, any anything you're investing in, whether it's stocks or cryptos or you know, real estate, you really need to set your intentions and your goals ahead of time. And are you in this to make a quick profit? You know, are you buying NFTs to flip them? Are you buying, you know, um, crypto to be able to, to sell? Like are you day trading, or are you looking at this as a long-term investment because it's something that you believe in the foundation and the utility in it? And you know, for your circumstances, you know, buying a 69000 dollars Bitcoin. If you believe in the longevity and the utility of it, there's nothing to worry about because, you know, market cycle and it's going to come back up and the goal is it's going to be worth, you, know, you didn't buy it. Cause you thought it was going to be worth 69,000 forever. You bought it. Cause we're hoping it hits to a million dollars. Right? So, you know, for you for it to hit 69 drop down, I forget where it's sitting right now. I haven't followed up with it lately, but I know it's, it's a 20, lot lower than 50,000. Yeah. It's in the twenties, right?
1: It's 20,000 um, USD so, right now. So whatever yeah. that is in CAD.
2: But regardless of how low it goes, when it comes back up. Beyond that $69,000, you are making a profit and it's going to take time. Um, but you know, you got to be able to set that intentions and and, and know what you're doing, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to believe in what you're investing in and if you buy something and at the first, the first chance it drops in value and you're panicking and you're looking to sell you, you, you're either not, you know, not the type to be investing or you got to reevaluate what you're looking at, what your intentions are, because, you know, if you believe in it, you shouldn't be scared of that first dip. Cause you, then you know, you're either believing you're buying at the absolute max, which is silly, or, you know, you're just getting too emotional about it.
1: Yeah. What's your conviction. Right. And I think that that applies to everything, right? Like how convicted are you in business, right? Should yeah. I be an entrepreneur? Well, how convicted are you? Are you going to legit be the dude who's working on Sunday at fucking midnight to make it happen? Are you going to be the dude who's answering the calls in the morning, in the evening, on your holiday, on family time, on whatever, to make the deal go through like, how convicted are you? What are your goals? And and how bad do you want it? I think that's the real question. And once we discover those answers, I think that's how we can make better decisions. Like, I, I think a lot of people make the mistake of like going into business or investing is kind of a similar principle. It's like, it's just on you. Like either, you either make the right call or you don't. And like yeah. going into business is similar and like, you know, you're, you're essentially self-employed, right? It being, uh, you're, well, you're an entrepreneur, right? It's just, you're either going to do the work or you're not going to do the work. Yeah, And that's a, that's a scary, uh, that's a scary thing for a lot of people. Cause like, there's a lot yeah. of days where you don't want to do the work, <laughs> like you just straight up and don't want to. Yeah.
2: And I think that's definitely the biggest thing that I learned is that I think people start to lump making money and everything that comes with making money into one kind of category. And they go, you know, it's, it's hard to make a lot of money. It's actually very easy to make a lot of money if you have the ability to put in the time and work to be disciplined and and learn the skills and the tools that's the stuff that really takes you know the hard work and the effort making the money is is the easy part that comes with it once you've learned how to do it once you've learned how to take the skill of making money and leveraging and all the other things that go into it making money is very easy but it's it's the discipline and everything else and that's the biggest eye-opener I had is is you know, the discipline, the time, the effort that it takes into it. I mean, you go into opening a business and being an entrepreneur, knowing that you're going to have to work a lot and you're going to have to sacrifice things. But until you've actually sat through and, you know, tested your limits of, of you know, being disciplined and having that work ethic, that's when you really start to realize, you know, the difficult part is, is, is that mental aspect, not the actual ability to make money. Because it's very easy. If you can learn a skill that people need, it, you know, you have the entire world out there to be able to make that money and people are willing to pay for it but it's all so how do you, all the how rest do you stay
1: disciplined?
2: Uh, I think you got to really just have, again, like what's your intentions? What are your goals? What are you looking to do? Um, you know, it's definitely can't be all about just making money because you know, there's always going to be people who make more money than you. There's always going to be billionaires. There's always going to be a trillionaire. There's always going to be someone who makes enough money at some point that there's not even a word for it yet, or has some sort of asset that, that covers that. So you really got to be able to just define that with your own goals and your own desires and and you know what do you want your life to look like? because that's you know it, you're gonna money becomes such a distorted thing after a while, right? When you start it's, it's same as in real estate for us looking at deals and for you guys looking at deals, I mean you start off with those one hundred and twenty five, two hundred thousand dollars deals, and you know that's a lot of money. And then you work your way up to the you know eight hundred to million dollars deals, and that becomes a lot of money. And then you get into the apartment buildings where, it's two, three, four, $10 million. And then you get into the land development, then you get into this and that. And as the numbers get larger, when you start working with like 10 to $100 million, all these other little million dollar deals, it's just like the average deal now. It just becomes the average thing. So money has that weird concept um, where it really does kind of become, irrelevant may not be the right word, but you really do lose that association with dollar values. um, And it really does... You know, it can't be about the money because it just it, that perspective of money changes so much, and you're always going to have someone else that you're you're kind of competing with. And again, when you're just focused on just making the money, um, you know it, it's going to change your vision. Like I um, don't in terms of how you're focusing on your work day to day. If you're only focusing on people that are going to give you big dollar items, you don't want to start excluding some of your clients that have smaller stuff because it doesn't seem worth it stuff like that. Right. So, you know, it can't, it can't be about the money. It's gotta be about providing that service, providing an experience, and then just what you want your life to look like and, and have that is laid out. Cause yeah. Keeping your eyes on the money the whole way just doesn't work.
1: Yeah. I find that people are very poorly motivated by actual money, which is like the polar opposite of how a lot of people think. Like, I think if you were to ask me, why did you get into real estate? Um, you know, five years ago, I would have said, well, for the money, this is obvious, right? Uh, why did you get into the mortgage business? Well, there was money available. Uh, why did for you sure. get into anything? And I was like, well, money, but it it's actually very loosely tied to like the money is just kind of like a, a tool or like this thing that happens yeah. when you're trying to accomplish the lifestyle that you, that you want and hit your other goals. And I think that's where you just nailed it. There's like, what, what lifestyle do you actually want? How do you want to live? And that's how you should set up your, your income goals. And when our income goal is actually associated to how we want to live, it's much more likely that we'll, you know, make that extra call, right? That one more call, that one more appointment, that one more walkthrough, that one more file, that one more, uh, whatever, you know, consultation, whatever that looks like for you uh, and your business. But like, I think the money itself, cause like as an extra, if you're like, Adam, I'll give you $500 right now to do this extra thing. Like, I'm probably be like, no, fuck off. I, like, I don't want to <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not going to do it. Um, but if you're like, Hey, like, you know, I, I can get you closer to hitting that hundred country goal. Right. Um, this, this task is actually kind of worth like the flight cost to that next country on your list. And it's like, Oh shit. Like, yeah. I kind of like that idea. Uh, yeah. like that, that actually does sound like a good idea for me because it fits my goals and like knowing those goals is important. And one thing that I'm actually having a meeting, uh, in a few days about on Thursday, uh, and it's a meeting that I still am unprepared as fuck for like, this is, this is the hardest meeting I've had to do in a long time. And it's because it it relates to this subject. Right. And, and that's, and the meeting I'm trying to have is a five-year goal meeting. And like, this to me is a near impossible task. So have you, have you thought on that type of timeline? Are you, are you able to do this? Cause to me, when I look at people and they're like, yeah, I can do that. I'm like, oh my God, he knows something. I don't. Cause like, this seems like such an, a hard task for
2: me. Headphones are. not working properly.
1: Headphones are fucked. There we go. There we go. Getting You're back. On the audio. Every time my
2: phone rings, it kicks over for some stupid reason. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Sorry, man. Let me turn this off. Here. You gotta do not
1: disturb that bitch.
2: Okay. Yeah. I just did uh, threw it on there. Sorry, buddy. But I, was, I agree with you though.
1: What I was saying is the um, five year goal thing. Like are you able to think on that timeline? Because I've been so yeah. fucked up trying to actually think on that scale of time. Like it hurts. My, my brain just like stops.
2: Yeah. Well, it, I think, I think, you know, we're such an immediate society right now, right? Like everyone wants instantaneous gratification. They want things now. Um, so it, it, you know, we're just not programmed necessarily to think five years down the road. And I think, you know, you can take that all the way back to, you know, caveman timelines. And I think, you know, a lot, even in 2022, a lot of our DNA and a lot of our attributes as, as humans is still tied to, you know, our ancient ancestors in terms of you didn't have tomorrow necessarily all the time. You know, there was dinosaurs, saber-toothed tigers, disease stuff. You know, the average caveman probably only lived 10, 15 years, whatever it is, 20 years. Um, you know, that our DNA has, you know, we're, we're a, a relatively young civilization in terms of our, our, our DNA and our genetics. So we have a lot of this old DNA that you know, isn't programmed around thinking we're going to be here in 10, 15 years down the road. We didn't have that luxury, um, you know, however long ago. So you're, you're still trying to fight Basic genetics and yeah, you know, trying to plan out five years down the road from now um, is uncomfortable for a lot of people. I think even three years, a, a year down the road, is uncomfortable for a lot of people, um, especially if they haven't even just decided what their basic goals are. If you don't have a basic goal and an understanding of what you what you want your life to look like, of course you're not going to be able to plan five years from now. You can't even decide what you want by the end of the year. So how are you going to figure that out? You know, five times th- that that time length. So. I think that's the biggest thing is people, you know, haven't been able to figure that out. It takes, it takes some discipline to sit down and, and figure it out too. And it's also, it's also going to be a real, a very real conversation with yourself too is, you know, if you had a general idea of what you want and it makes you kind of sit down and forces yourself to look at, have you even been, you know, working as hard as you should be, or have you been kind of taking it a little bit easy? And I think there's part of that uncomfortableness that comes with that as well too. Um, but I mean, yeah, like I I can't say I'm the person who sat down and has like a five year goal nailed out. I have some general goals, you know. I I'd, I'd like to be able to passively retire, you know, 35, but definitely before 40. I'd like to be able to, you know, be walked away from having the 80 85 hour work week. You know, I'd still like to be able to do work if I want to. And I'm never going to really stop working, but you know, be able to change at least my um, my schedule. Um, you know, whether we're running a business still then, or however that's involved, but, um, yeah, I don't have a specific five-year goal lockdown yet, which is probably something everyone should have for sure.
1: Well, the reason we're doing this meeting is we want to figure out like, like what are the different components of a five-year goal? Like in Mm -hmm. five years, what would you like your life to ideally look like? And, uh, what does that all entail? So like, how do you spend your time? What is your income level? What are you doing with that income? Um, where do you live? What does that lifestyle look like? What are you eating? Who are you hanging out with? Like, and, and then like the, the reason in, in, uh, for doing it is I, I kind of want to understand like, okay, like if, if those things are true, then what business model should you be employing today? Like what, you sh- what should we be building today in order to have that five-year thing satisfied? And yeah. like, one of my challenges is like on the five-year scale, like when I really think about it, I I just feel like so much of my actual goals on the surface level are so like superficial. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I want to like travel more. (laughs) And like, (laughs) you know, I want to, I kind of want a plane or at the very least, like I want to finish my pilot license and be able to fly around. And like, maybe uh, one of the old adages is if it floats, flies, or fucks, rent it. Right, like, yeah, <laughs> uh, so maybe you don't actually buy the plane, but you've got the money to just you know fly around wherever you want um, and have a pilot license ideally. but um, you know, and then I'm like, okay, well, like, that's kind of cool, but like I, I, I don't know, I don't know if I actually like get super motivated by that idea and like what business model would you actually need to do those things? And it's like, well, actually any business model would do. So I'm finding it really challenging to like nail down specifically what five years from now actually even looks like, because in the last four years I've been able to build, you know, a seven figure real estate business and pick up like right now I've got 26 units and like, whatever, like I've got some of this stuff, but it's like, I don't really know. And like, I got the car, the truck, the trailer, the snowmobile, the ATV, like all the dumb shit that you, you get as a 28 year old male. Like I've got the watch, the guns, the everything. So I'm just like, now I just like literally don't know what I want, and, uh, and and so I guess part of this part part of the intrigue of this challenge is like just answering those questions, like yeah. what is that? What is any of this even for? Right? What what is the actual purpose for these things? And then if if you can figure that out, then you can probably figure out how to structure your businesses, right? You can figure out how what your time commitment should look like. You can figure out what projects you even want to work on, like what's worth working on. Um, cause like another $10,000 assignment fee for me, just like, it just, it has no purpose behind it unless there is like really a purpose. Uh, and like the same with like an an additional mortgage file this year, like, yes, we will help somebody get a mortgage, but what does that actually mean? Like, (laughs) um, so I I think think
2: your, your point there too, and sort of cut you off, but like, you know, it's okay to have some goals where. You know, it can be finite, it doesn't have to extend beyond the five years. You know, if you want that car and you work up and you save for and you get in five years, okay, perfect. But the all of your goals shouldn't be, you know, finite type goals, right? It's kind of like asking those questions where you got to ask those open-ended questions, having those open-ended goals, right? If you just have 10 goals that are all going to end in the next five years, you know, th- like there's no progression, you know, beyond that. And I think what's going to happen is as you start creeping closer to that, because five years goes by fast, man. I mean. You take a look at the two years of the pandemic, and we're already in August, like we're already eight months into 2022. Like,
1: Can you imagine? It's that? been
2: three years, and I still feel like the pandemic did started yesterday. Like, I, I'm shocked that we're three years in right now, essentially. So, I mean, like, it's going to fly by. And if you creep into year three and a half, four, and you're like, eh, I'm not as excited, there's a new car out, or there's something this, or another yeah, yeah. A watch, or I want a different size house. Well, now, like, your, your goal is just like, you know, do you feel like you've wasted your last four years? Like, you know, what does that do to your goals? Whereas, if you have these more open-ended goals and it's more business-based or more lifestyle-based, you can at least grow with that. You know, if it's growing a multi-million-dollar company, okay, well, how do you get it to, uh, you know, a hundred million? How do you get you know a hundred million to half a million or or half a billion or into a billion? Like, you know, having something where you can at least progress your goals with you. And and, and as I said, you, know, you can have those finite goals. You can have the cars and the watches and stuff. But I think the majority of them should be something that. Is able to grow with you as you go because you might crush your five-year goal in two years three years You know, yeah. yeah how do you be able to get past that and what can you do with it can you well like
1: i like the challenges that are presented with some of those like um stretches like that's why like i think setting that target's even fun to begin with right like uh like if you want the car like yeah go go like figure out how to do enough effort to make the money to get the car Right. And I think like the fun part of that is the learning experience of like actually figuring out, well, like, okay, well, I probably have to scale my efforts and like, maybe I actually need to delegate a bunch of work. Maybe I have to like build out a bunch of systems and processes to be able to even get enough production out of my business model to be able to um, get whatever the thing is. Um, So I think like the fun is in discovering the challenges that are unlocked by reaching for higher goals and reaching for Mm -hmm. higher things. Um, but it, I just find it all fascinating. Like, I wonder how, how, like the average person, I, I guess the average person just never even thinks about this. Like, yeah, they're just right. kind of going through life and, and spending yeah. time. But like, I feel like they're all just doing the same thing, right? They're all just kind of going to work, hoping that it's, it's just going to keep continuing. And I'm like, damn, that's crazy. But like, I what, the what is person the has alternative? Five day
2: goal, right? Like, yeah, you know, Their goal <laughs> yeah. is I get to Friday. Yeah, the true. Weekend, and then I get to the next Friday.
1: True. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's certain things, like there's things that I don't do that, like a lot of people, you know, that I've read or that I listen to will say to do like, you know, write those goals down every day, right? Like whatever the thing is, right? Like if you read, um, you're referencing Grant Cardone earlier, like in his book, the 10 X rule, like he wrote, like, you know, I've got a hundred million dollar real estate portfolio. Right. And like, he had, he had fucking no money at the time. Right. And then his first acquisition was like 10 units or 20 units or something like that. And, and he kind of scaled it up from there uh, very quickly, but you know, every single day he says in, in the evening and in the, and first thing in the morning, he writes down those like crazy, big audacious goals, right? Like those 10X goals is what he's calling them. And uh, that's something I don't do, which, which is kind of interesting, right? Like, do you actually never achieve anything like that if you don't write that stuff down and like make it happen? Um, maybe that's the case. Yeah, I, I think
2: you definitely, I mean, I think the majority of people talk about writing down goals and, and doing the affirmations in goal settings and, and, you know, physically writing them down. But I, I've heard of people too, who don't necessarily write them down but maybe visualization, like, you know, are you writing down goals or maybe you take an hour to go drive around a neighborhood of a, um, where you want to buy a house in, right. It's, it's yeah. kind of the same thing. You're reaffirming it. I think Ed Milet really talks about the right way with like your, uh, uh is it your reticular activation system or whatever it is, yeah. your RAS yeah. system where it really, he, he kind of breaks it down in the physiology of it and how it actually helps your brain recognize and, and because the average person you talk about the secret and they're like oh, okay the secret like you wish this thing into existence yeah. and then just shows up and that's like the very basic introduction someone gets into like manifestation and, and affirmation and stuff and then you get into the deeper books that people talking about some sort of reaffirmation and affirming it whether it's visualizing it or, or writing it down and then you slowly start to realize it's not you don't just hey, i want to get a lamborghini in three years and it, and it shows up on your doorstep it's you know you activate your brain to become aware of ways to be able to get there and, and what do you have to do and and you know you do have to set your mindset into the right system so you know it's it's regardless of how you're doing it you have to be doing something that kind of you know is motivating you know a lot of its motivation as well too but something something has got to be putting that in your mind you know every single day or yeah. at least the majority of the time to just keep yourself focused on it and active on it
1: yeah 100% and I just feel like, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. Like, I don't know. You just, you get busy, you're doing whatever. Um, like even kind of going away to my property this weekend, like, boom, that's four days. Like that's just go, yeah. four days is gone. And you're like, holy shit, two years happened of like doing things, right? <laughs> you're like, Yep, yeah. yeah, did the right, like technically did a lot of the right things by like building out the business, hiring the right people, you know, building systems and processes and stuff. But I feel like we just don't spend enough time thinking about like, Like, literally, what's the point? Like, in 10 years, if you had the same business as you do today, like, is that cool? Is that good? Is that a terrible thing? Is that a great thing? Is that like, where are we at here on this? And, um, and I just feel like I've never been able to answer that question. Like, that's a classic, like, interview question. Like, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm like, (laughs) fuck off. I don't know. Like, I I literally don't know where I see myself next week because, like, I might just wake up and decide to build a new business. And, like, that's just who I am. So, uh, I think I struggle with that, but at the same time, I'm having a fucking blast. So, like, I don't know. I don't know if I should be kicking myself to do this stuff more, uh, or just let it happen. But definitely, this meeting is freaking me out because I'm definitely realizing it's like a, a really soft spot. And I think that's where, you know, if I was saying that about fitness and finance, I'd be like, well, that should yeah. be the thing you should focus on, right?
2: <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Well, and maybe it's something where it's like, you know, maybe you take a look into different ways, right? You know, maybe it doesn't have to be a hard written down goal in the next five years, you know, maybe find something that works a little bit different. What that is. I can't say I definitely am not the expert on it, but Ooh, um, maybe a vision I mean, board. What you've been doing so far has been working Yeah, vision boards. I mean, yeah, there's, there's so many different things that people use. Right. And I think it's just, you have to pick something that's going to be comfortable for you. Right. If you hate writing things down, you're not going to stick to writing down your affirmations. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, for me, I think I'm more, like I've tried writing and, and doing the affirmations and journaling, and I, I can do it for like a few days. And then I don't know, one morning I'm kind of tired. I sleep in for a little bit and then I, you know, I go right to work. I don't do it the next day. I forget. And then all of a sudden it's like two months. And I'm like, well, that lasted for like three days. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if maybe you just like to get up, go grab a coffee, drive through that neighborhood on your way to work, enjoy your coffee. You're doing something where it's a lot more visually and stimulating. That's interesting. Yeah. I think really interesting for you.
1: Like that type of tactical experience, like if somebody was like kind of house dreaming, right? Or, or maybe it's window shopping of some sort, like, and you just kind of like work that into your daily routine, like that'd be really cool.
2: Who, who was it? Someone, was it I said Tom Bill. I think he did, right? I think he was talking about how he used to go take vacations in the area where he wanted to live. I forget who it was. It was someone, but they were oh, saying yeah. how, like, you know, as he was getting his way up through business, um, you know, he this had is, an area that he wanted to live in, and he would, you know, him and his wife would go take vacations every year in the area, rent the nice car, you know, yeah. live the life. lifestyle is Grant Cardone again. Was it Grant Cardone? Yeah. I'm, it
1: was, I'm actually fairly certain this is Grant Cardone again. Cause he's talking about, um, yeah, like, like going crazy, like get the car, get like rent the craziest yeah. house and like in the, in the
2: area that you were hoping. Yeah, live for, and actually live it for a little bit, allow yeah. yourself to realize it. Then you go back to reality and you keep it with you. But I I think everyone's just got to figure out what it is, man. And it's the same as business. I mean, I I don't necessarily believe that you have to be 100% in love and passionate with your business to really succeed at it. I think you have to, you definitely have to enjoy it a little bit, but, um, you know, chances are the majority of of things that you really love, people may disagree with me, but I think the, the majority of people who, you know, have a passion they love probably isn't going to create them enough income to get where they want to be. There might be some exceptions to that, but I think you have to be able to be disciplined enough to stick with it and, and do it. Um, You know what I mean? You you can even draw some of the similarities to like, you know, if you ever listen to like Tim Grover's books and stuff like that, we're talking about MJ and Kobe, you know, they obviously love it while they're doing it, but they, uh, they look at it from a business standpoint, you know, I'm doing what I have to do to be the best. And then when they're already retired, they walk away with absolutely like no remorse. are like, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I was ready to walk away. Um, you know, it's, they don't have that same like attachment to it. They're, they're able to kind of cut that line. So I, I think you can, you, know, you can make the money and you can, you can get to the end without being absolutely in love with it. And I guess like where I was going with that is just, you know, in terms of those affirmations and stuff, if you're not, you know, you either have to be disciplined enough that you're going to force yourself to write those goals down every single morning, even though you may want to or you find a better way that works that is just, you know, more engaging and stimulating for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. I think I, yeah, I, I actually like this idea of like just the more tactical experience of it. Maybe that's what I need to uh, focus on. Although I don't have a lot of time in the next two days to really dial in on that. I was thinking I should just like probably jump in a plane and go fly. Um, but I won't be able to do that before Thursday. So fuck.
2: But anyways, area.
1: what's that? <laughs>
2: You cover more area, you could definitely get to do a lot of you know, higher end neighborhoods if you're flying
1: versus driving. There you go. Yeah, we recently, uh, that's one thing I did recently that was super fun. I was hanging out with my grandparents, and they've been kind of locked down, COVID style, for the last couple of years. And they were a little freaked out because they're, you know, in their 70s and uh, have some like lung issues and whatever. And um, they were like really freaked. And I was like, yeah, I guess I get that. Um, but like, we're fucking over it. And they both got COVID recently and they were totally fine. And I was like, okay, yep, that is that is kind of what happens. Uh, And so anyways, I was there on roughly around Father's Day and then I think it was like a Friday or something. And we're sitting around and they're talking about like how shitty it's been like locked up and they haven't been able to see anything. And they, you know, they usually go to Italy to see their daughter that moved there, uh, my aunt, and they usually like go to on like some other, couple of trips per year right like Jamaica or hang out on the islands or something and we're just sitting there on the deck and I'm like well fuck this let's let's jump on a plane then like let's get out of here pack a small bag and they're like what are you talking about I was like yep got on my phone sky scanner looked up flights had tickets I'm like boom Monday we're flying pack a small bag we're heading out baby and we just went simple we went to Halifax and dude Halifax I don't know if you've been but it is fucking awesome it is so Awesome. It was wicked. It was 200 bucks return flights on like the shittiest (laughs) airliner. But like, I was like, man, carry ons only. We'll head to Halifax for a week. We'll stay in the best hotel Halifax has to offer and we'll just get out and live a bit. And we went to like every restaurant. We went everywhere. We drove around, uh, you know, just rented a Jeep and drove around. Um, It's not an island, but I call it an island. It kind of feels like an island and it's small like that. You can kind of cover a lot of ground. So anyways, just like packed a small bag, head out for a week with the grandparents. And it's just like, Hey, we don't have to worry about anything. And like, let's get out of the house. It's fucking two years later, time to roll. We're having fun, baby. And that like, it was one of the coolest experiences I've had. And I think it's one of the things that like really affirmed why I'm doing any of this, right? Like, because otherwise, like, if you don't have cool stuff like that, you, you honestly might as well get some kind of job and make, you know, 70, hundred K a year at an office where you literally don't need to care at all. You could like check in, check out, uh, be a lot less bullshit. But like, man, it was so cool to just have like no schedule. I'm like, hey, we can go. Like I can do my meetings from the road. Yep. and uh yep. and we can just like go on a trip and they and that's like so against the grain for them like they're like you know usually planning trips forever like they call a travel agent like make sure they have travel insurance i'm like fuck that no insurance no bags nothing we're flying monday we're on <laughs> it was so i cool. love it. well
2: so, that's part of it right like you wouldn't have that flexibility if you had to be in work from nine to five and in an office yeah. and it's like I think the biggest thing I kind of realized is that, like, over COVID, while I was just, you know, stuck inside, not being able to do anything, and it's like, it's great if you're making money, but if you can't yeah. do anything with it, what is the point? Like,
1: that was big. Working
2: eighty-five hours a week to be able to do nothing with it, like, there's, there's no point. You, you have to be able to, to do something and take advantage. You got to take that time for yourself. And
1: I think that's it. the greatest thing that COVID did for anybody was yeah. to really show them, like what because like that's where you fully distill the idea or the concept that like it's really not the money it's the experiences you can sure. get yeah. with the money yeah. and so like if there and like that leads you down other thought processes right is like well shit, are there other ways to like do these cool exper- experiences that aren't necessarily tied to the money and man it was such a weird experience to have like the experience of i, I guess what it did was like a major shock to the system that kind of showed you probably what it feels like to be somebody that worked their whole life retired and then was you know 80 or 90 and had no um yeah. no mobility no functionality like they were just shitty old and like that's what it felt like right cuz you were just trapped like sure cool you got a few hundred grand in the bank but you literally can't even like go to a restaurant or like, you know, go do any of those things that you like. And you can walk your dog past
2: like seven o'clock in some place.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So uh, that was a real, um, a real, I think, wake up call for a lot of people. And for me too, I was like, damn, like this, I always, I always knew I didn't want to work till 60 or 70 or whatever, and then retire and try and make use of like the 10 good years of your body that you have left at that point. Uh, but that's like,
2: yeah,
1: no, I know. Well, I won't cancer. Yeah. I'm going to have a fucking heart attack at 50. I can tell you that. But.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, man. I mean, you take a look at like, you know, today's society, like disease is just so yeah. rampant. Like, and you don't even know how much of it's genetic, how much of it's in your control. I mean, you know, I'll tell
1: you what it is. You, you may not even live long so enough good.
2: to retire, unfortunately. So yeah, true. But yeah, man, that's the that was same as me. Like last couple weeks, uh, I guess week before, but we went out to Calgary for stampede, hung out with the Calvert guys, had a great time. Um, then I went out to BC, spent a week out in BC and I'm just like, you know, just being out last in the mountains and, you know, near the ocean and realizing that like, you know, I didn't have to be at my house here in Kitchener Waterloo, yeah. to be, you know, working, making money. I'm just like, you know, what, why am I, you know, I just felt so tied down. And I think like in the next few years, I definitely like, to, I mean, if I had a, a goal in the next few years, it would definitely be to take advantage of the ability to work remote while i can, you know, before yeah. anything does happen. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen? I heard they're bringing in new restrictions or new changes to the vaccination policies and what's considered fully vaxxed and what's not. Like, you know, I don't have, I only have my second. I really don't want to take a third one. Yeah. Um, you know, if that's going to be the restriction, I don't know. I don't know. I'd rather not, but. I'm wrong. I'm can. not even
1: touching that yeah. shit.
2: Yeah. It's, I'm out of here. Some decisions were made just in the wrong moments and I hear you. desire freedom, but
1: I, I hear you. It's, it's shitty when there's moving goalposts. That's the, yeah. uh, that's the creepy thing. And that's, I think where we're at on a lot of fronts, right? Like, uh, the war on terrorism, like, well, that, that's a crazy thing to say because like, there's no, like, like, where's the ending point? Well, no, just the war on terrorism. What do you mean? There's always terrorism. Yeah. The war on it. And you're like, well, or the war on drugs, like which drugs, when, how, how many of them, (laughs) at which point do we call this a success? And it's just like, no, no, I see what you're doing. If this is the war on uh, COVID or whatever, or war on the unvaccinated, I'm like, okay, we just, then you're just consider it something else. Like, well, monkeypox
2: is a, is a thing now, apparently. So, you know, be prepared for that. And there's like five
1: people in the whole world that have got it. (laughs) Fucking idiots.
2: But I think it was like (laughs) 600, 600 people in Canada had or something like that. And it became like a national emergency. And I'm like 600 people out of the whole country.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm so over it. So yeah, I mean, I'm down more travel, more remoteness, more um, security and more redundancy should be built in. So I think that's what a lot of investors and entrepreneurs have been talking about lately. It's just like, how do we ensure that we don't get trapped here again? Because I think that's uh, extremely frustrating. And uh, you know, we live in a place where we already pay like extremely high taxes. We pay a lot for everything, energy, um, telecommunications. Like we're number, like we're top five in the world on cost for a lot of things that we shouldn't be. And uh, I I believe that's a good, that's an okay thing. If you get great trade-offs, like if you get the best government, the best healthcare, the best uh, infrastructure, Um, you know, a very safe society with like a high degree of trust. Like if, if you get those things, it's worth paying taxes, fucking doing whatever it takes to maintain that type of society. But if you're not going to get that, then this is literally, it's just a bad deal. Like it's a very asymmetrical bad deal. So uh, I think that's a, one of my big goals is to diversify my, my country risk Cause there's yeah. high country risk here right now. And I, I, I'm not a huge fan of that. So,
2: well, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, being locked in a, in a country where seven, eight months of the year are cold and yeah, unlovely, like, you know, if I was going to want to be trapped somewhere, I want to be trapped in Florida, Texas, somewhere where I didn't feel like I needed to travel to escape it. Yeah. Or you could at least drive the next state and go experience it. Or you take a two hour road trip and you're, and you're somewhere else. And you can't do that anywhere in Canada when you're, know what November to March for the most part is just not super plus. It's not shorts and t-shirt weather. That's for sure. No, um, no,
1: for sure. Well, this year I was on my stuff. Like luckily I was on my snowmobile. So it was like kind of a cool thing, but it was minus fucking 48 where I was, yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? That's before wind chill. Yeah. That's before wind chill. So it's like what minus 60 with the wind. You're like, Oh my God. Like, what are we doing here? This, this is outlandish. I'm not enjoying that. Um, but Yeah. I think we got to diversify our country risk. I think we got to take advantage of being able to work from anywhere in the world. And I think we got to ask, you know, better questions, bigger questions. Like if you could live anywhere in the world, where would that be? Does that fit your current business model? Like if yes, then why not? Like, what are you actually, why, why do I live in London? That was a question I asked recently. Was like, I don't actually like London. Like, you know, one of the main drivers for my life is like food and beverage and travel Right. So like, I I can't travel here, the food and beverage I've eaten at every great, like it creates a stretch, but I've eaten at every restaurant in London. Right. I know that all their menus, I know all their cocktails. I'm kind of bored of it. Like it's not a, uh, in terms of food and beverage, it's not a New York city. Right. Not that I like New York city. I think that's kind of a shit city too, but like, you know, in terms of food and beverage, it's not New York city. Um, uh, and you can't really travel like everything's so far here. Like we drove out to, uh, matt's place basically near manitoba and like it's like a it's a 24-hour drive to just like get out of ontario and you're like holy shit <laughs> like yeah so anyways i think we're to ask better questions like where would you live if you could um how would that like what would that look like how would you operate it who would need to be hired or or fired in order to make that happen like whatever the questions are like figure it out and that that's what i'm gonna be spending my time on in the in the near future and i'm hoping that uh by me doing this, I can hopefully, you know, maybe inspire somebody else to think bigger too. Right. Like, just like, do you need to do what you're doing right now? Like in general, right. If you're fat, do you need to be like, is that really like, it's required that you need to be, uh, if you're tired, lazy, miserable, sad, depressed, right. Do you need to be those things? Like, if not, like what changes would have to happen in order to make it better. And, uh, and I think that, you know, I'm asking those questions too, right? Like, how do I just not feel trapped in a country and feel disenfranchised and feel, you know, fucked up about working so hard for almost nothing, uh, yeah. paying a lot of taxes and then getting like, you know, lightning rods by the government. Like, okay. Like, if you don't like that, then like, are you really going to be the dude sitting there bitching? Oh, I'm fat. It's like, no, like, start walking. Right. Like, yeah. And I think that's yeah. where uh, I'm starting to ask the right questions I feel for myself. And I'm hoping I can inspire others to ask the questions too, because I'd like to know their answers. So, like, I'd like to know some of the ways people are thinking about these things. So I can, I can, you know, learn from these people, like everyone's coming from a different angle at, at similar problems, I would think in life. So
2: I agree. Uh, yeah. So- if that whole, you know, tough times create tough men and tough men create soft times and and soft times create soft men. Right. I mean, you take a look at, we're in a very comfortable society and I I honestly think that's how Canada has, as a country has gotten to this point is, you know, we were so used to living in a country where everyone was like, Oh, thank God that we're not the fucking States. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, fuck, I wish I was in the States right now. And yeah. I think you just, you know, we had such a great country and it was so comfortable and it, just all these things were handed out that people stopped making decisions. They stopped deciding on decisions that they would want to make. And the government just had free reign to be able to make those decisions. And I think that's really how we got to this point. Because, um, you know, we're we're definitely not a tough society right now. It's yeah, and on a world scale. We're not a tough society. You know, take a look at all the issues and things that are number one talked about in, in western civilization you know it, it's you know we're far behind where the european and the asian countries are you know are at with their and, and the improvements yep. that they're making and it's you know, we're gonna get left behind if we can't get our shit together
1: well if we're still over here debating whether or not a uh, uh, fucking you know Somebody Man with a can have a baby. A, or... Somebody with a dick <laughs> is a female or not? I think you're into fucking issues, right? Like you're right. you're into deep water that cannot be recovered from. If that's yeah. like the focus of the entire, you know, society, you're like Jesus Christ. Let's just get past this. Like who cares? Yeah. Um, anyways. I got to wrap this up because it's time for me to move on to, I got a dinner meeting. I'm trying to uh, work with another team, potentially potentially merge some forces and grow a little bit bigger, maybe work at a bigger scale. So I'm going to try and scale this bitch up and uh, take it. you know, take what opportunities here in front of us with this uh, current recession that we're looking at. And uh, yeah, problems are profits, baby. I'm stoked for Lots it. Lots of Thanks people are going to uh, have to be
2: uploading their homes. So
1: yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, Aaron. It was a pleasure chatting with you today and definitely good to uh, hang out and have
2: a beer. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. Next time we'll see if we do something closer to wintertime. Maybe I'll have my beard and stache growing up.
1: Okay, you're going to grow We'll do a out. meeting
2: of the mustaches. We'll oh, the meeting a stash mustaches meeting.
1: Yeah. Let's go. I got to curl my well,
2: we'll, we'll plant a fake one on Josh so that he can fit yeah, in a little he, bit. He can't grow good. it, can he? <laughs> wow. He's getting better. It's funny like watching him. From when I do him in university to now, it's yeah. just starting to sprout a couple little